appreciate my parents being here with me again. Maybe we can keep them here for about a month. Hey, amen. Amen. I think I see Emily's mama, Sister Jolene. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's get the Lord a hand. Amen. How many happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I am thinking of a rapture in that blessed home on high. When the redeemed gathered in. City in the sky. When the redeemed are gathered in.
Amen, amen. You may be seated, amen. Amen. There was a request for Sister Emily to give us a song this evening, amen. If you call, amen. Let's give her a hand, amen. I believe there are streets of gold, but it's all right with me. If there's nothing more than worn old gravel roads, and I know a mansion's waiting, but a cabin suits me fine. Just a place where I can rest my heavy load Oh, they say there is a river That flows beneath the throne And the surface there reflects that holy place I'm sure that all the splendor will be so grand to see what I long to see the most is Jesus face because that's all that matters to me Because that's all that matters 
stand back with me. Amen. How many believe that he never fell you yet? Amen. Just worship. Sing a few more songs here before the word comes. Amen. He never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. Jesus Christ never failed me testimony amen it never failed us amen how many ready for the word amen let's sing a little bit of fill my cup lord how many need their cup filled amen how many wanted to run over tonight amen amen let's just worship him amen amen as the ministry comes Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and 
this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no That's your desire this evening. Lord, fill my cup up. Not by the things of the world, but God himself. We raise our cup up to you tonight, God. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we lift our cup up to you, Lord. Father, we come thirsty this evening, needing a drink from the king, Lord. Father, I pray, God, may you take this service, Lord, into your hands. Lord, you see what I have before me? Lord, anybody can get up here and read, but it'll take you to open up these words, Father. Lord, open their ears to understand, Lord. And Father, I just pray, God, may you just anoint every one of us from the back door to the front, God. Lord, we need you, and we need that spirit, that presence of Almighty God to be in this building. Father, we place this service in your hands. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Psalms chapter 42, and we'll just read a couple verses there. Y'all keep me in prayer. I preached twice on Sunday, and, and Brother Fred's church about lost my voice, but if I lose it tonight, we've got plenty of people here who can come up and finish. I'm not a very deep preacher. It's not who I am. So if you want to hear some deep preaching, come back this weekend. 
I believe our pastor will be preaching. So, Psalms 42, verse 1. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. For my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and peer before him? May God add a blessing to the reading. You have your seats. For a title, speak on drinking from God. That's kind of a strange title, but I hope by the end of the service you'll understand. But in order to drink from God, you've got to have a thirst. There's got to be a desire for it. And it's got to be a God-given desire. Man can't give you this desire. God has to give it to you. So I'm thirsting after God tonight. As, as David here is saying, as the heart panteth, which means to long for. As the heart longeth after the water, so my soul longeth after thee, O God. Oh, it's to cry out. Longeth to cry out. You know what water does for deer? Some of you hunters know, and you might have shot one, and you thought you got him down, but you track him to some water, and he's gone. <laughs> That's what happens. You know, Brother, you know, Brother Bram tells a story of the, of the deer, a dog biting his, a chunk off of him. But if that deer knows if he can get to the water, he's going to be okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. If the devil has took a chunk off of you this, today, come on up here to the water. <laughs> We've got healing for you. Hallelujah. Psalms 42, 2 says, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? <laughs> I long for that day. But this thirsting is a craving. My soul thirsteth for God. It ain't thirsting for some dead religion. I'm not thirsting for some dead man. My soul thirsteth after God. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, thou art my God, and early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Thirst is such a painful desire. If there is a desire for God, it's because he has given it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Spirit of God will only satisfy the heart. You come thirsty. I, I'm thirsty. Thank you, Brother Tony. But what we've done, we've took a thirst that God has gave us. And we crave the world. Brother Brown said that blessed holy thirst that God gave you to thirst after him, you've perverted it into things of the world, craving the things of the world. God has placed something in you to thirst. We have to have a thirst for this one true God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thirst is addiction. Addiction. Thirst. Got to remember to hold this microphone right. Addiction is a thirst. You're going to be addicted to something. Amen? You're going to be addicted to something. Don't go sleep on me. Hallelujah. An addict. You know what an addict is? It's a person who's addicted to an activity, a habit, or a substance. I'm addicted to coming to church. I have to have it. Wednesday and Sunday is the climax of my week. <laughs> I'm addicted to it. It's to become dependent on an addictive substance. You know how the alcohol does. 
alcoholic. They're dependent on it. They have to have it. That'd be my fault. An addict, they have to have it. An addict is a fanatic, a follower, a junkie. <laughs> if people can go to a ball game, I don't know who your favorite team is tonight. I don't, if it's Clemson or South Carolina or whoever it is, if you're at their ball game and somebody made a three-point shot to win the thing, You'd be sitting like this, wouldn't you? Wow. We won the championship. No, you wouldn't. You'd be jumping up and giving each other high fives, scream at the top of your lungs, and you got a preacher that stands up here service after service, slam dunking the devil, and we just sit there like this. Woo, we're sober. We're not drunk on God. Hallelujah. Don't start throwing stuff. How many fanatics? I'm a fanatic for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm a junkie. I'm a junkie for Christ. A junkie is obsessive dependence on something. It's like your children. They depend upon you for food for clothes, for a house to live in. Some of them depend upon us for cars. I'm dependent on Jesus Christ for everything. I have to have him every minute. Not just every day, every minute. I got to have him every second. I'm dependent upon him. <laughs> Total dependent. A junkie for Jesus Christ. How many's with me? Addiction is a thirst. It's a longing for something. My soul thirsteth after the living God. It's something you have to have. You can't go without it. That's being addicted. You get these guys that goes to the bars. I will go ahead and say it. I've never been to one. But I can imagine what goes on in there. They'll get a drink. Give me another one. Give me another drink. They depend upon that. That's what their life is. Drink after drink after drink. Sometimes you get a guy says, hey, I'm going to buy him. His drink is on me. <laughs> Tonight, Father, this drink is on me. I'm going to share with you the drink tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm feeling good. Like Brother Matt text, we have a, a sweet spirit in the building tonight. It's, it's an awesome presence of God. That's what we need. You, you can't go past that. We've got to have it every second. Hallelujah. Have you do a word test. I know I've done this before, but I felt to do it again. A word test to see what you're really addicted to, what you're thirsty for. Number one, you put, your, put the word in this one. You'll always be thinking about it, the Word. You will try to get to know all about it, the Word. You will find whether, you'll find out where you could go get it. When you're addicted to cocaine, you're going to go try to find it. You've got to have it. Why don't we get like that toward this Word?
Why don't we get so addicted to God? We've got to have a fix. I've got a fix for you tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, you'll find a way to indulge it whenever possible. That's what they do. They'll go to these bars whenever it's possible. They're out there drinking. That's what we ought to do. Every chance we get, we got to indulge this word. You'll stay, you, you will never stay away from it, the word. You will make it a habit in your life. <laughs> the word. You'll miss it if you don't get it. Them, them druggies and drunkies or whatever, they'll start shaking. I've got to have something. Did you come to the door tonight shaking? I've got to have it. I've got to have what God's got for me. And you, you'll never let it stop influencing you. You will share it with your friends. Like I said a minute ago, I'm going to buy his drink. Do you want what I got? <laughs> Some people sit there and says, whoa, I'm so sad. Don't you want what I got? Not really. I don't want what you got. You'll always lean on it for comfort when you're stressed out. The word test. Put yourself in that. Are you addicted to God to that? I am. I have to have him. First Peter 2, 4. To whom coming as a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also has lively stones. Some of us are, are a bunch of boulders. We don't move. <laughs> but ye are a lively stone, which is to be alive, be quick. You're not, life, you're, you're not lifeless. You're not dead. But you're alive. You're a living water. <laughs> We're going somewhere. You're a living water. So you're a lively stone or build up spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. There's our addiction. There's where we should be drinking from which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which are not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Can I get some, some more of the mantras, please? You didn't have mercy at one time, but now we do. We weren't a people before, but now we are a people. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. Psalms 42, 7 says, The deep calleth unto the deep. At the noise of the water spouts. Noise, crying, singing, yelling. I'm getting ready to be under the noise of the water spout. I want to stand underneath it. The deep calleth to the deep. We know that. There's a deep that's got to be, it's got to respond. If there's a deep here, there's one out there to respond to you. Hallelujah. Jesus answered, we just want the well. He told her, give me some water. Oh, it's not customary 
that we give you water. We're, we're Samaritan, you're a Jew. Jesus just says, whosoever drinketh the water shall never thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall in him be a well springing up into everlasting life. We ought to be like this woman. Give me that water that I thirst not. <laughs> Neither come hither to draw. He said, if thou knewest the gift of God and what, what it is that said to thee, give me a drink, thou would have asked of him. And he would have given thee living water. Amen. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall, shall be in him a well springing up into everlasting life. Amen. It's an endowment of power. Yeah. It's the spirit that gives life and power. And that came at Pentecost. You know, we said, go into, the, go into the upper room until you be endued with power from on high. Are we going in the upper room? We want that same experience to drop down tonight. The same one. John 7, 37. In the last day, of that great day of the feast. This was the Feast of Tabernacles. At the end of it, Jesus was in Jerusalem. This was the eighth day. The eighth signified the end of the feast. And on this day, they had the ceremony drawing and pouring water. Attended with the usual rejoicings as the other day. At which time there were great rejoicing, piping and dancing by the most religious and sober people among the Jews. Insomuch that it said that he that never saw the rejoicing of the place of the drawing of water, never saw any rejoicing in his life. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this in here. Amen. If no one, is, no one has ever seen <laughs> the rejoicing that comes from this bride right, right. where we have a drink from the fountain Christ, Lord. they haven't seen rejoicing. You get a true drink from the king, what rejoices should be bringing forth out of this building tonight? They say, plainly say, this is respect to the pouring forth of the Holy Ghost. They draw the Holy Ghost, as it says in Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Brother Brown said, they were all rejoicing. They had a little spurt of water coming out. <laughs> from under the altar. And they were all drinking from this celebration of the feast. And said, our fathers drank from the spiritual rock in the wilderness. And Jesus says, I am that rock. <laughs> that was in the wilderness. Jesus is standing like, hey people, I was the one. I was the one. We know the story. These people come to Moses and say, we're thirsty, we need some water. God just says, hey, go over and stand on the rock. So Moses gets up and stands on Christ. And spice it, out comes water. Amen. Enough waters for two million people to drink, yeah. Yeah. along with all the animals. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just a little sprinkle. God don't believe in sprinkling. The Bible don't say, repent ye and be sprinkled. The Bible says, repent ye and be baptized. There's water that comes out of that thing. There's water that comes out of the rock. 
Hallelujah. Whew. When Moses did, water came from the rock. It wasn't just a little spurt here and there. When Moses and the people continued their journey, the rock didn't stay there. That rock followed them. Wherever they went. <laughs> Glory. Christ Jesus, the rock, is standing here with us. He goes wherever you go. You get thirsty, draw on him. It don't matter if you're at Walmart. It don't matter if you're at work. It don't matter where you're at. You could be right in the middle of hell. Say, God, I'm thirsty. Give me a drink of water. Out of the rock, Christ, comes water. He was smitten on Calvary. He died, came back on the day of Pentecost, poured himself out onto the church. We know that. All that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he's poured it into the church. Reverend Adam said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He is that fountain. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus was just watching the celebration. The people were always just shouting over a little spurt of water coming out from under the altar. I can imagine him just sitting there just shaking his head. That ain't what it's about. That's the way we are. Oh, we'll come to church. We'll come to some special meeting. A little spurt come out. Woo! We, we start shouting. And... <laughs> Hallelujah. I might not get asked for a while. All we do is get worked up over a little spurt of water. Get all excited. Brother, we got a continuous well. It'll never run dry. <laughs> Jesus said he knew there was more than a spurt. That's why he says in the last days of the great day of the feast, he just stood up and cried. Jesus didn't stand up for hey, people. Before, he would just sit down and just talk to them. But he couldn't take no more. He stood up on his feet. He said, if any man thirst, <laughs> don't worry about this little spurt of water coming out, but if you really thirst, <laughs> come unto me and drink. Thirst is to suffer thirst. Suffer from it. Those who they said it should be thirst were painfully felt their want of. Jesus said, who is thirsty? Who wants it bad enough? Who wants it so bad till it hurts? Oh, he's encouraged us to drink. We have permission to drink tonight. Did you bring your cups? We got a fountain standing here. It's running. You can take of the water of life freely. Jesus tells over in John 6, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. John 7, 38, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Huh. I seen this there. They said, he that believeth on me shall have a great big gusher. Right in the middle of his soul, bubbling up into everlasting life. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What are you thirsting for? 
drink from Jesus Christ and ye shall flow Jesus Christ. Drink so much that it bursts out and goes over on your neighbor. It don't matter. We can leave everyone to leave this church wet on the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's a Holy Ghost flowing out of you. But he spake this of the Spirit that they believed on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when we receive the Holy Ghost, it'll make you do the same thing that it did to the Jews at the end of the feast. Except we don't have a trickle of water, but we're standing under the spout. You know like it is when you get in a, under a waterfall, you're standing directly and it's just hitting you. Depends on which waterfall you're under. It's pretty powerful. If you stand there in Niagara, it may kill you. We got something greater than that tonight. Greater than the Niagara Falls. Lord, knock us out with your power. Knock us out with your presence. Knock us out with your spirit. Hallelujah. You'll shout and rejoice. That's what these people did. We won't be sitting around feeling sorry for ourselves. This world might be in a turmoil. All hells are raging. But we, we ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. That Holy Ghost poured out of you until you're drunk with it. <laughs> you want to become drunk? We can become drunk tonight. And this is be approved by your pastor. The believer upon drinking by coming unto Jesus in faith would have rivers of living water pouring out of him. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Ghost pouring out of you. Amen. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You'll get drunk. Yeah. And it places this experience at Pentecost. You're like, oh no. There's that word again. Pentecost. Glory. People are scared of Pentecost. Yeah. They're scared of it. They don't want, they don't like the way it makes you act. <laughs> we don't want none of them Acts 2.38 screaming youngins around here, do we? We do. We want them around here. We want the gifts flowing. Don't be afraid of it. If God wants you to get up and run around a building, just get up and do it. Don't be afraid of it. God just wants you to sit here and just cry. There's waters. Water's coming to you. It's a flood. But what has happened to people that don't want his holy thirst? They just don't want to make the way it makes them act. We don't want to act like that. When they come out of that upper room staggering drunk on the Holy Ghost. They didn't want that. When Peter says, we're not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But they don't want to drink Jesus Christ. Brother said they refuse to drink from the fountains of living water. What makes all these things in the world today? What makes these ladies wear these little shorts? Where's, 
What makes them wear those blouses you can see through? What is it? It's hungry children, he says. Thirsty. Blessed are ye when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. But Jesus says, You'll not, you will not come to me. Listen, the reason they do it is because they have rejected the fountains of living water and have drunk from a Hollywood broken cistern. You have received it through an old vulgar television and so forth. And the very plan they've done went right straight back to Eden where it, where it began from. Rab's tough. America has refused Christ. Has their God and received women as their God. What have they done? They stripped their clothes and it's a disgrace for a decent person to walk in the street anymore. What they need today what our churches need today is a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. We need to fire back. He says the only fire we got nowadays is in the basement. He says you don't have to pump it. You don't have to pull it. Pump it up. I've seen so much of that so it makes me sick. Jumping, pumping up something and playing a bunch of music and jumping up and down or a great bunch of literature out in the town. Great big sign says the man of the hour. There's only one man of the hour and that's Jesus Christ. It's not me. It's not Brother Matt. It's not Brother Jason. It's not Brother Branham. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's been only one messenger from God and that's Jesus Christ. He's, he says, again, you don't have to pump this up or you pull it down. You don't have to join it. You just take it freely. I am the fountain of living water. You left, you left me to go and make yourself some tank. Now, you don't have to pump it, pump it, pull it, join it, dig it, nothing else. You just have to take of it. It's here. Let's take of it. It's free. It don't cost us nothing. He done paid the price. The Holy Ghost is yours. Revelation 21, 6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him, that is the thirst, the fountain of water of life freely. Drink all you want. The Holy Ghost is for you. Are you thirsty? Come and drink. Hallelujah. Revelation twenty two seventeen and the Spirit and the bride say, Come and let him that heareth. Are you hearing? Who all's hearing? <laughs> and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life. Free. Oh, it's free. It's free. It's already been purchased by the sacrifice of the Lamb. You don't have to wait till the next youth meeting. There's one coming up here in a couple months. You don't have to wait till then. We don't have to wait till the next special meeting. We can have it right now. That same power of God that moves in those meetings, and I've got nothing against them. I love them and I go to them. And I leave there refreshed. 
that same power could come right here, right now, and do the same thing. We just got to want it. <laughs> but you must drink. He's an exhaustible fountain. What are you, whatever you have need of, he is here to meet that need. Another quote. When you are born again and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is coming to your heart, you have everything that you have needed for the journey. The only thing you have to do is start drinking. Drinking, pushing out, drinking, pushing out. I believe he hears my analysis of Jesus Christ. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life. And every man that's planted in him can drink. Get the point? Every man that's planted in him can drink and drink and push out and push out to every redemptive blessing that God has promised belongs to you. It's your personal property. And the devil hasn't got any legal rights. His rights were spoiled at Calvary. Inexhaustible fountain, it'll never run dry. It's impossible. You cannot exhaust God's blessings. It'll never run dry. Don't be afraid. God ain't going to worry about your needs. He's working for us. He works for us. He doesn't tire out. He'll never get tired of you asking. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is come to the fountain. That rock is standing right here. You need deliverance, come to the fountain. You need healing, come to the fountain. You have a spiritual need, come to the fountain. You need the Holy Ghost, come to the fountain. If you need a refilling, come to the fountain. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever it is, come to the fountain. Quench your thirst. No more thirst for the world. It's gone from you. And all we have is a thirst for Jesus Christ. Bubbling up. It's God in you, bubbling, full of joy, full of peace, full of happiness. Drunk on God. Drinking him. We know the story about the Brother Brown. He says a game board in Indiana. For seven years, he said, I love the outdoors. That's where he first met God. In nature. He said, I remember I used to come to the old spring. That was the happiest spring I've ever seen. It was always a bubbling, jumping. And I'd go by. Maybe I'd be all down and tired and walk, <laughs> and walk down and sit down and drink. Y'all tired tonight? Come on in here and sit down. It's peaceful. I've been to that stream. It's pretty peaceful. That seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. Bubbling. It's just the water is moving. Bubbling. It's so peaceful. He says, what makes you happy? What are you bubbling so? I thought, I wished I could be happy like that. We can. We can be happy like that. And just bubble and bubble all day and night. 
I got to talking to it one day. You know, you have to talk to nature. You have to talk to God. I said to the little spring, maybe you're just happy because once in a while an animal comes by and drinks from you. Nope. Maybe once in a while a deer drinks from you. Nope. That's not what makes me jump and bubble. Well, maybe it's because I drink from you. Nope. That ain't why. Well, what makes you bubble? What makes you bubble? You understand if he could have talked. It's not me bubbling. But it's something behind in me, pushing me and making me bubble. Oh, hallelujah. We've got a fountain behind us. It's pushing us. It's pushing us. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Brothers, that's the way it is by the Holy Spirit. That's something bubbling in you, pushing you up to sea. If you notice a bubble, a bubble in the water, he gets above the rest of the water. And he can see what's going on. Let's get bubbling. Let's get above the things of the world where you can see what's going on. You can see the rising of the sun. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Holy Spirit feeds on the word. Amen. That's the way it is when you live by the fountain of living waters. It's living all the time. Bubbling over and over and over. There's no end to it. Hallelujah. The fountain of living water. Water's free. What makes you bubble? Have so much of the water flowing out of you. Like I said a little bit ago, it gets over on your neighbor. Hallelujah. It influences your neighbor. Well, we need to be thirsty for some new wine. I need some new wine. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What will it make you do? When you're filled with the Spirit... Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wine from heaven. Oil typifies the spirit. Wine symbolizes stimulation of revelation. Brother Brown said, boy, I'd like to run all over the place. It's a wonder I didn't wake up the neighborhood when the Lord showed me that. Stimulation of revelation. A lot of our stimulation is like this. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> I've seen some of you, when a stimulation of revelation hits you, I see you jump up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you got stimulated. <laughs> Stimulate, as Brother Bram used to say it. Hallelujah. Stimulation of revelation. Oil and wine in the Bible associated together always. When the truth of a promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints that's filled with oil, they all get stimulated. Wine is a stimulant. Glory. I feel it now, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Stimulate with joy, shouts, 
And when it does, it has the same effect upon them that wine does on a natural man. What does wine do to a natural man? I don't know. Because I've never been drunk like that in my life. But if anybody drunks in the building, you can come up here and demonstrate for us. <laughs> oh, Lord. That wine does want a natural man because that when the revelation has been given of a truth of God, that the true believer filled with oil and the revelation is revealed, the stimulation becomes so great that it makes him behave himself unnormally. Y'all look normal right now. Amen. Who wants to get that drunk tonight? Amen. I do. Amen. Brother David Siler told a story when he was down at Brother Danny Stevens. He was preaching and the Holy Ghost fell. He said it was like another upper room experience. He said those people got so drunk that they went out into the streets. And the cop come by. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> you ain't going to believe this, he said. But this is that. <laughs> Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. They're going to walk out the door drunk. You're going to be drunk on something. Hallelujah. I feel it right now. That's the right kind of drunk. That's the reason God poured his Holy Spirit upon you. We were in our denominations. We listened to what they had to say. Some of us was in the message. We heard what they had to say. A lot of false doctrine. Just didn't sound right. <laughs> we couldn't stand that anymore. We started craving and thirsting for more. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. You tried church after church after church, thirsting. You were craving for something. But then you started in the right place one time. Oh, if you're thirsting for God, there's got to be more to him. There's got to be more. There's got to be a God to respond to that thirst. Or you'd never have it. You'd never have that thirst if it wasn't God give it to you. God poured his Holy Spirit on you because you was thirsting for him. Deep, call to the deep. Deep, call to the deep. Acts 2, 32, 2, 2. Suddenly there came from seven and a half, a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And it sat upon each one of them. I like to see the tongue of fire that come in here right now sitting down on each one of you all. It's possible. Because Acts said they were all in one accord in one place. They weren't at Walmart. They weren't sitting at church shopping. They were in one accord. In one place. Suddenly. There come a sound from heaven. Like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the place. Listen, can you hear it coming? You hear the wind coming. 
Send it on down, Lord. Send it on down. Let the holy fire come on down. We need it. Oh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues. Uh-oh. As the Spirit gave them utterance, oh, they were all staggered around. The manna fell from heaven. How long is this going to last, Peter? How long are we going to be drunk? <laughs> to as many as our God shall call. Amen. This is going to last. Brother Brown said when they were all eating that manna, they got drunk. Just as drunk as they could be and were staggering like drunk men. You know what's the trouble today? The reason we're so allergic to many things is that we don't get drunk enough. You believe that? He said, I believe it was William Booth one time in the Salvation Army days in England. He missed his train one night and had to walk up and down the streets and he walked with a cop. Been raining, an old drunk was laying in the street, just as drunk and froze to the street. And he said, call the paddy wagon. He'd come pick him up, the drunk, and pushed him in there. He said, what will you do with him? Well, we'll just take him down and throw him in the jug. He said, well, ain't you going to take care of him? He said, he don't need no help. He said, well, that man will take pneumonia. He said, I guess you just take him to the Salvation Army. You pat him a little while, warm him up, and give him hot coffee and a hot bath, all these things. Sure, that's the reason you'll kill him. You don't, you know what? You people don't understand, but that man's so drunk and every pore of his skin's filled with whiskey. They can't no go get to him. We ought to be so drunk on the Holy Ghost tonight that not one devil can penetrate. Nothing can enter in. Don't try to pat it up. Make it better. Just stay drunk. Stay drunk. I like this in the Exodus. Just before going in, they sent the 12 spies over and they come back. And all 12 said, it's good. Had a bunch of grapes cut down. Two men could pack. And they said, it's flowing with milk and honey. Roman said, I imagine that. that's a pretty good, that was a pretty good bait, don't you know? Milk and honey? Why, that will make a good Pentecostal cocktail. Wine and milk and honey stirred together. Talk about vitamins. That's more than any drugstore can have. We got a cocktail tonight. God has mixed it up and he got it ready for you. Come and get it. Hallelujah. Whew. Acts 2.13, the others mock and said, these men are full of wine. They were full of new wine, all right, but not the kind they were thinking. Hallelujah. Full of the Holy Ghost. They got drunk at the beginning of the church. They got drunk at the beginning of this church. Acts 2. They're going to get drunk at the end. Drunk, you're going to come into this world, and drunk, we're going to go out. <laughs> Spiritually. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Ooh, Lord have mercy. They were under the influence. Are you under the influence? Are you under the influence of what's going on out here? We get so drunk on these things of the world that we get under the influence. This is under the influence you won't get in trouble for. <laughs> what are you under the influence of? We're drunk. They'll influence you to do wrong out there. But we're going to be drunk, intoxicated on new wine from heaven. Ask, and it shall be given. We need to go to old fashioned Pentecostal drunk. We need to start passing the bottle around. Who wants the taste of this bottle? Hallelujah. Oh, when you get drunk, you lose all dignity. You don't care who you are. We need to get so drunk and we forget about our past. Because that's what the devil does. He beats us down with our past. If we get so drunk, we won't even remember it. You know what a drunk does? They can't remember nothing. How'd you get here? I ain't got a clue. I know I was down there. I was drinking. And now I find myself out here in the middle of the street. Ask you the same thing. How'd you get over there? I don't know. I was sitting right here. And that preacher was preaching. And the Holy Ghost fell. And when I come to, I was back there in the corner. Hallelujah. Oh, they'll just stagger from side to side. Most of everybody. Love everybody. Some are mean. Some are mean drunks. But most drunks love everybody. It don't matter who it is. They could have had a fight with that person when they are sober. But when they're drunk, they're best friends. We need to pass the bottle. We need to be so drunk that we love each other. It don't matter what. Wow. Intoxicated. I want to be intoxicated. How you tell when somebody's drunk? Here's a little list. Feeling of well-being and relaxation. Doing or saying things you otherwise would not. Woo, hallelujah. We won't go no further with that one. Lowering of caution. Loss of motor coordination. Inability to drive a car or do complex text, tasks. Slurred speech. Too loud. Too fast speech. Weakened balance. Hallelujah. Staggering and walking around. Inability to walk. Glossy appearance to the eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Loss of memory, short or long term. Get so drunk you don't remember nothing of your past. That's what I want to do. That's what we need today is a bunch of drunk church members. Drunk on the new wine. People are going to hear this, say, Brother Jason's church bleeds and getting drunk. Oh, how? Don't care what others think or say. 
They're so drunk they don't care about nothing. People can laugh at a drunk, won't even bother. That's why I laugh with them. You can't do anything with a drunk. You can't talk to them. That's what we need today. We need to be so drunk on the Holy Ghost that the devil can't talk to us. We need to be so drunk that the devil don't know what to do with us. Goodness. So much of the Holy Ghost is dripping off of you like honey. And everybody you come in contact with will want a taste of what you have. Who you're bubbling. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we heard the story of the bear that got into the honey jar. He had it all over him. Everybody said, I have you a bucket of honey, you know. That kind of keeps the Baptist straightened out. Honey, you know, because... So I had a bucket of honey, and I usually take a big bucket because I don't believe in sprinkling. I really baptize them. I'll pour it on good and heavy. He says, so I pour them that honey on those pancakes, you know, that little fella had got in there. And they love sweet stuff anyhow. He got that lid off that bucket, and he was sitting there. And he put it, he poured it up on him like this, you know. Sock his little paw down in there and get that honey out. Then he'd start licking on it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He was honey from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. <laughs> he just tried to look at me. And his little eyes stuck together. Is your eyes stuck together? <laughs> you got so much honey dripping off of you? My, he'd look, he'd look out at me just unconcerned. Well, you want a bite? So he stuck his paw back down in there and started sopping again. He said, well, if that isn't just like having a good old-fashioned Pentecostal Jubilee. I've never seen one. Honey all over. All over the top of your head, all over you, everywhere, you're covered with it. <laughs> the hands in the honey jar. The strange thing about it, when he finally let the bucket down, it was sopped clean. The little fella went over to his mother and them, and they licked him. They got the honey off of him. He says, I just hope we get so much honey that everybody wants to lick on us, don't you? To try to enjoy some of the blessings of the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Stop that clock. I love this quote. I'm about finished. Shame on you who profess to be Christians and rely on such things for joy. When the Holy Ghost gospel is nothing but a great big powerhouse of joy. The Holy Ghost gospel is a perfect intoxication for every man that's got the blues. So if you come in here with the blues tonight, we've got your cure. We've got intoxication for you. <laughs> You'll take a drink of the gospel of Jesus Christ and be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're drunk until you leave this world. Joy unspeakable, full of glory, constant stimulation. It's a constant intoxication, drunk day and night. 
I want that. Drunk on the whole on the spirit, if the Holy Ghost could just pour into you till you're so drunk, you'll forget your name. I want to be so drunk it's no longer Brad Yance. No longer Brad Yance. Thou ain't know who I am. I'm so drunk on God. You be so drunk till you forget all your doubts. Get so drunk on the Spirit till you forget your doubts. Amen. He says, then you'll get somewhere with God. Hallelujah. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Drunk on the Spirit. God's righteousness and holiness and power gets you so drunk till you forget who you are. You're nothing to begin with. Remember, God wants you to come to him. Hallelujah. Let's stand. God wants you to come to him. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Let's bow our heads. Are you, are you here tonight? You ain't got a clue what I'm talking about. You're like, this is this was such a messed up sermon. I ain't got a clue what you're saying. But you ain't got the Holy Ghost. And you know you need it. He's here. He's here to give it to you. We know he wants to give it to you more than you want it. (laughs) That's a statement right there. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost more than you want it. But you got to desire it. We have to realize there's nothing out there for us. No matter what we try, our thirst is for here, our thirst is in the building. Christ the rock. Come and stand on Christ tonight. If you haven't got the Holy Ghost and you know you need it, all you got to do is slip your hand up toward God. He sees that hand. And he knows what you have need of. If you're sick tonight and you know there's healing for you, just slip up your hand right there and say, I'm sick. But I believe I've come to the fountain of living waters. Any spiritual needs, financial needs, no matter what it is, whatever your need is, slip it up to him. He's here. His presence is in the building. Do you need a refilling?
hospital he's going to have emergency gallbladder surgery tonight and also an unspoken for another co-worker who has to be remembered in prayer tonight hallelujah that's the only one I think we got was that the only one brother Charles Master of the wind. <laughs> he believe we take care of that. Any needs here? Unspoken request. God knows what's behind the hand. Let's go before him. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see this request from Sister Melissa. Lord, her brother faces surgery tonight, Lord. Father, I just pray, God, may you guide the surgeon's hand. Lord, may there be no harm come from this surgery, Lord. May you bring him to a quick recovery. Lord, these storms out in Texas, Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, may you send the angels to them, Father. May you drive this thing away from them, Lord. May you keep the safe, the believers safe, the people there safe, Lord. God, will thank you in these people's needs, Lord. May you move for each request. Father, we know you can. We serve a great big God, and we know what you can do, Father. We see you do it so many times. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel the pull 
to hear the word I went to hear the word and with each line and pray oh he was drawing me to give appreciate the word of God tonight. Amen. I want to be drunk, so drunk on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like Brother Brad told that story, Brother Branham tells where the cold couldn't get to me. Amen. Nothing can touch me. I'm just in my own world. Amen. I believe in that kind of experience. We believe in that kind of experience. We need more of that. How many would just raise a hand and say, I need more of that. What I heard preached tonight, Lord, I need, I need it tomorrow morning when I wake up. Amen. I need it all throughout the week. I need that, that experience. Amen. I tell you what, a drunk, Brother Brad, I thought as you were preaching, they don't care what it cost them. I mean that. And that's a, that's a terrible thing for a drunk person. 
but they don't they don't care what it costs them they'll throw they'll throw a marriage away they'll throw a job away they'll throw a life away all to get what they need you know what when you really get desperate for Christ and you really get desperate for a real fervent life you'll give up everything you'll watch everything go away in your life you'll let go of everything amen just to get that fervent amen life with the Lord Jesus. Amen. Appreciate that word that was preached. I guess we're not going to gather here. I had to step out, so I wasn't sure the prayer request got read and testimonies. Okay. You know who's going to give that, Sister Melissa? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this picture you're seeing Come on, Sister Melissa. Real quick before I get the testimony, the young man that we prayed for that's having the surgery, that's not my brother. It's my coworker's brother. And she texted me right before service and asked me to do that. Anna, no. Um, so the little boy that we prayed for is another coworker's grandson, and he... Um, they believe he's autistic. Um, they haven't got him diagnosed, but he has all the behavior signs, and he um, has pulled out his hair, tried to pull his teeth and his ears out just to give you an idea of how bad it is. And he only slept two hours at max at one time. And he had cried on the day this picture was taken. He had cried all day, and the mom was just, you know, at her wit's end. And um, the, my coworker, I was out Monday, so I gave her the prayer cloth yesterday. And so when she got home, they put it on his blanket. And the daughter, um, which is the, the child's mother, asked her mother to make sure to give me this picture and to have our church know that this was after the prayer cloth was placed on him and he slept soundly, probably for the first time ever. Wow. So. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else have a testimony? You can come up here, Brother Luther, come on. Need the microphone. My son, saw, my son saw this picture, and he has not been sleeping well at all. He's had a lot of struggles, but he hasn't given up. We haven't given up on him either, but he would like a prayer cloth to send to him so that he could sleep at night. Yeah. And also the other things that he's struggling with. We want, I would like the ministers to pray over it, and then we'll mail it to him. Come on, brothers. Yeah. You know, we just testified Sunday, um, and, 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 and I felt impressed to testify. I was surprised that I was because I was already among believers. But as I came down to pray over that prayer cloth, that prayer cloth, I just felt compelled to say there have been innumerable. Uh, there's no way to even count them. Brother Branham's ministry in the years I've seen this done growing up in churches, been part of it myself. So many divine miracles have taken place by this simple act. Almost looks, looks ritualistic, but it's not because they took articles from the Apostle Paul. And as I said Sunday, we're not Paul, as Brother Branham said. We're not Paul. But, but this is in symbolism that we don't even, we don't anoint it. We just pray over it. And there have been so many people that just by this simple thing have done miracle after miracle after miracle. And here's a little boy who hadn't hardly slept, 
pulling his hair out, trying to pull his teeth out. And as soon as they put that on him, there's the result right there. Amen. So let's believe. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, Brother Luther, you, you put your hand right there. All right. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we've already seen it happening. We've, uh, Lord, this testimony that come to us tonight is one of so many over the years where we've seen you do it. So, Lord God, right now, Father, Brother Luther's son, seeing this testimony, he has taken faith, oh God, and said, I would like to have such a thing as this. Lord, let it be so that when this shall come into contact and he shall receive it, the power of God shall meet every need according to your riches and glory. Everything that you see that he's in need of, Lord, may it be so, may it be so supernatural, Lord, there be yet another testimony come forth of the power of the living, living God moving in his people. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, Brother Luther, you get that right to me. Praise you. I would to have a prayer also. I have a gentleman that works for me, and he can't really find his way. It's always something with his family, hmm. something happening, and he's drawn back to Charleston, and he wants to make a living for himself, but he has such a connection with his family where he can't hardly find his way. And I, Raymond, it's the gentleman that visited about a month ago. Um, he thought he had another job, and he ended up going back to Charleston. Then he ended up being in his car for like a month. And he's over 300 pounds, and that ain't really healthy for him. So we had him come back here, but he's still going back and forth to Charleston. And I'm just really asking the Lord to give him a job in Charleston. Um, that way he can take care of his bills, take care of his family, and um, try to do the best that we can for him. But I really feel like the burden is really not Why don't you with him working here, for me. Place for him, but, you know. Come on, brothers. Come back, brothers. Anybody else that needs prayer here tonight, I mean, you're welcome to come. Speaks to me. 
should be dismissed. There is just one little announcement as we dismiss the sisters. Uh, there's going to be a brief uh, meeting. Let me make sure I get this all correct. Brief meeting right after church uh, regarding the upcoming renovation for the fellowship hall. So we just need the sisters. Uh, they're going to be in here though. Stay here. Uh, stay here in the sanctuary right when we pray and we're going to let you go. The sisters will just stay and remain. There's going to just be a quick meeting concerning the arrangement of things and the fellowship. Also, you, you want to make sure you don't miss that. Amen. Let your voice be heard and your opinion. And I know that none of y'all have any, so um, I'm sure it'll be short and quick. Turn around and shake somebody's hand. Greet them in Christian love. Good to see everybody out here in the house of God. It was so good to be in church. Amen. Appreciate the ministry of your of the word we heard. Amen. As we go, amen. We'll see you Sunday. Just go in the fear of God. Amen, Brother Tony. More of you. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. More of you. I've had See you.